you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be unto God. Glory be unto God. Glory be unto God tonight. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. In the name of Jesus. This is Bible study night, the New Bethel Apostolic Assembly, 4207 Griffin Street, Moss Point, Mississippi. Amen. Uh, currently, we are worshiping outside in a shopping center parking lot, and we are having the time of our lives. Well, let me speak for myself. I'm having the time of my life. I'm enjoying myself. And then for the month of September, we've been out uh, feeding people. I'm not going to say feeding the hungry because everybody's not hungry. And I don't want us to think that uh, we're out to feed the homeless and all that. Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Rich folks eat. Poor people eat. Give, 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 give rich people a sandwich. My God. Hey, that's just one less sandwich they have to pay for. Uh, so we're, we're not targeting the poor necessarily. Uh, we, we bless the people in business. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We are in a season that none of us would ever have predicted that we would be in. We are in what's called a pandemic. I know you hear it all the time. Um, but I believe that God is the God for all seasons. How about you? God is the God for all seasons. Amen. All seasons, all times. And, and I believe God gives instructions to his people for all times. I'm teaching from a subject called trans-seasonal instruction. Uh, I, I believe that had we, if many of us would embrace, I don't want to indict anybody, but uh, let's, let's use me. Had I governed my life by instructions in scripture, no matter what the season is, I would do well in it. I would do well in it. Um, so I, I, last week, we, we, we looked at a few verses of scripture and I said last week, it is not impossible to be saved and rich. It is impossible with God only. You can't let your riches have you. You can't let your riches have you. And as our brother Hawkins says, money has to have a boss. Money has to have a master. You can't let money have you. You can't be driven by money. You can't be driven by a desire for money. You must not be driven to have things. The Bible said that all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We must not be driven by that because then we have to go to a lot to be able to continue to survive. We have to go through a lot to sustain ourselves even in that period. And people are working themselves to the bone. They're working themselves old. Their lives are passing them by. And then they discover all they've ever done all their life was work to support their habit. Their habit of spending. Their, their habit of buying things. Had to have the latest of everything. God help us here tonight. So the next point that we made last week was have nothing in your life 
that absolutely dominates you. Catch what I said now. Have nothing in your life that absolutely, nothing, nothing in your life that absolutely dominates you, rules you. Have nothing in your life that determines your schedule all day, all night. I mean that absolutely rules your life. There should be no thing in our life that dominates us. Next of all, the, the point we made last week, we got to retain the ability to walk away from anything. We got to retain the ability to walk away from anything. We can't have anything in life dominating us absolutely. And we have to retain the ability to walk away from anything. Next of all, you gain by what you strategically and purposefully walk away from, not by what you obtain. We, we learned that in scripture last week. Peter said, Lord, we have left all and followed thee. See, you got to retain that ability to walk away from things. And then you have to learn that you don't always get ahead by what you obtain. Sometimes you get ahead by walking away. There are some things, God bless your hearts tonight. There are some things that you and I might need to walk away from tonight. There are some things we might need to end. There are some relationships we might need to end. There's a second job or a third job you might need to drop. There's a contract you might need to drop. You've got to have liberty. You can't have anything owning you. Retain the ability to walk away. And understand, sometimes you gain by what you give up. Then the Bible tells us to do all things without murmurings and disputings. And our point last week is, whatever it is that you do, don't do it grudgingly. Even if it's a task that you don't like. I, I, I've seen a program on television uh, uh, about dirty jobs. You know, dirty jobs that nobody wants. Jobs working in sewage. You know, uh, I, I heard about a person and a position, a possibility of, of a job with the portable toilets. Whatever it is that you have, even if it's a task that you don't enjoy, a part of your job that you don't enjoy, train yourself, train yourself to be happy, not to be in a place of discontent not a place of murmuring and complaining. We had a cousin. I've never had the privilege of meeting him, but they spoke of how beautiful his spirit was. He was a pastor in El Paso, Texas. And he complained about nothing, everything. Thank the Lord for that. Thank God for things being as good as they are. Thank God. He was always positive about it. We got to find a way that even if it's something we don't like, that we don't do it grudgingly. Find a way to be happy where you are. I mentioned last week, Apostle Paul said, I think myself happy. Here I am in a position I don't want to be in. 
I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to stand before a magistrate. I don't want to be in this position. It's not a good position. But since I am here, I think myself happy because now I have a chance to testify. And I would never have had a chance to testify before. Find a way to look at where you are. Find a way to appreciate your low-paying job. Find a way to be happy where you are. For the Bible says to do all things without murmuring and complaining. Why? That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. See, nobody will believe in your testimony if you're a person who's unhappy and complains all the time. If you always complain, your testimony means nothing to people. They don't want what you have because you're an unhappy person. Find a way, wherever it is. You can't do anything about it. Find a way to be where you are without murmuring and complaining and arguing and being in debate and conflict. I also pointed out last week, don't be too anxious to be delivered. Don't be too anxious to accept deliverance. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter 11. Don't be so anxious to accept deliverance because sometimes to accept deliverance would mean to compromise your integrity, would mean to compromise your testimony. Sometimes it's better to stay in there just a little bit longer because the devil will offer you a deliverance. The devil will offer you a way out. The, the devil will offer you, and let, let me use this term, an early retirement. He'll offer that to you just so he can have part of your testimony. We have to live our lives where we're not so anxious to get out of this position that we're in. We're not so anxious to get rid of this job that is not the best paying job. I might just need to stay here just a little while longer. I found myself, I made some friends on this job. I'm witnessing to some people on this job. I think if I leave this job right now, I might not be able to win their souls. Find yourself in a place where deliverance would, yes, it would be nice, but right now, I don't, I don't think I want to be delivered because I'm compromising my testimony. I'm compromising. There's, there's a goal. There's something, a place I'm trying to reach, something I'm trying to accomplish. And if I, if I take an early out, it would be a bad thing for me. Hope I'm helping somebody tonight. Now, the Bible says, when thou sittest to eat with a ruler, Consider diligently what is before thee and put a knife. I believe this is Proverbs chapter 23. I didn't write it down right. Uh, put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are not, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, and they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Now get this. Don't get caught up in any opportunity, and don't be starstruck. Here he's saying, 
we, if you are invited to eat at a ruler's house, a mayor's house, a governor's house, the press in the White House, he said, consider diligently what is before thee and put a knife to thy throat. He doesn't mean for you to cut your throat, but put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. In other words, appropriately honor the person who's invited you, but don't allow yourself to be starstruck. Wow, I never ever thought I would be able to sit and eat in the governor's mansion. Wow. He said, don't be so starstruck. Over there's the mayor. Over there's the, the mayor of Jackson. Why, over there's the senator. Over there's the, wow. <laughs> hey, how you doing? He said, don't be starstruck. Now, this doesn't mean that you take an attitude and say, oh, well, they put their pants on like I put my pants on. No, no, no. You always respect people in their positions. You hear me? Respect people in their positions. Just don't be starstruck. Remember that God has allowed you to be in a place for a time and for a purpose. Don't get caught up in the moment. See, we this, this is what it's going to take to be able to make it from one season to the next. So that no particular thing, not no particular thing rules you. That, that, that you're not living to be around people of big names. That you're not living to be a name dropper. You don't want to say, oh, I know President so-and-so. I know Governor, oh, I know him personally. I was invited to eat in his house. Don't allow yourself to be so caught up in these things because God has you there for a reason. See, if you ever get drunk on that, you ever get addicted to that, the enemy knows what you like and he will always put that in front of you just to keep you crawling. He says, put a knife to that throat if thou be a man given to appetite. You, you go there, you, you don't pig out. You, you, you need to know how to conduct yourself among wealthy people. God blesses you with an opportunity. He's, there's a reason for God allowing you to be there. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up. Oh, Lord, all this food. I've never had caviar. I've never had this. I've never had Perrier water. I'm, ooh, I'm going to try all that. No, 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 no. Settle down. Settle down. See, you've got to be able to live a life that you can live in any place, any season. God always wants you to triumph and in every place, in every season, if it's a depression, if it's a recession, if it's a pandemic, God wants you to be able to prosper and to live well in every season, but you cannot be caught up in things. You cannot be caught up in people. You cannot be caught up in opportunities. You cannot be a person that's so driven by that that you chase all that. You chase the opportunity to sit in the governor's mansion. You don't live for that. Don't live for that. So that when God affords you that opportunity, you know how to conduct yourself. And not only that, when you, when you no longer have that opportunity, you're still not going to chase it because you never lived for it in the first place.
He said, so let good manners be your order everywhere. If you're privileged to eat in the White House, good manners. If you eat in the Poe House, good manners. Always know how to conduct yourself. Know why you're where you are. And never allow yourself to feel that you have arrived. You know what happened to the rich man? The Lord said to him, this night thy soul is required of thee. That man felt like he had arrived. Apostle Paul, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. I don't care what I've accomplished, how spiritual I am. I don't count myself to have apprehended. I'm always pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which in Christ is in Christ Jesus. I'm never caught up in my spiritual success. I'm never caught up in my spirituality. If I've come to a place where I've overcome something, a monkey that's been on my back for 30 years, I will not allow myself to get caught up in it. I'm going to live on an even keel. Somebody say even keel. K-E-E-L. And E an even keel. So no matter how victorious I am, I'm still not going to get caught up in it because let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. Know why you're where you are. And never allow yourself again to feel that you've arrived. Don't let it get to you. If you're successful, don't let it get to you. If you're going through a, a season where things are not working, don't let it get to you. Don't be seduced. Don't be bribed. Don't be bought. See, the enemy knows. The enemy of your soul. The enemy of your life. When the enemy discovers what it is that drives you. When the enemy discovers what it is that you like. Guess what the enemy will do? He will always make certain that it is available. Anything to get you off track. If you like money, fine. If you like men, fine. If you like women, oh yes. He's going to make certain that what you like is available. This is why we cannot let anything control us. Don't be seduced. Don't be bribed. Don't be bought. In fact, he's saying, don't desire what the ruler has. So you go to the ruler's house in this passage of scripture. You go to the ruler's house. You go to the palace. You go to the governor's mansion. You look around, oh man, I wish I could have this. I wish I could have, oh Lord, I'm going to get me something like this. My God, I hope I'm helping somebody here tonight. I'm going to get me this. I'm going to get me that. I'm going to get me a tie just like that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Oh Lord. Come on, you got to fake it till you make it. Oh, my, my, it's, it's the look of success. Let me tell you that I'll send you to the poorhouse. We used the scripture last week. Paul said, whatever state I'm in, I will be content. I know how to deal with lack. I know how to deal with plenty. I know how to deal with everything. So in other words, Apostle Paul is saying the prospect of things being way better than they are right now, that does not excite me. Money does not excite me. You cannot excite me with opportunity. I know who I am. So don't let it get to you. Don't desire. Work on your, work on your desires. We've all got desires. We all have things that we like. 
I know all about it. I, 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 let me say, I wrote the book. I wrote the book. I guess I'm just going to teach on myself and let you listen. I wrote the book. There's something you don't have to have. Work on your desires to the point where you don't desire it. Get yourself under control. See, that's so important because when a season changes, my God, when a pandemic sets in that we never thought would have set in, it's the person whose desires were under control in the good season, in the time of plenty, in the time of money, in that person whose desires were under control, who didn't go out and get everything that they wanted, who worked on their wanter. I made a word up, W-A-N-T-E-R. They worked on their wanter. They worked on their cravings. So they did not have this drive, this have to have. So that when a time like this came, guess what? Their tongue is not hung out because they are not possessed by their wants. They never were. So when this season comes and the money is funny and the jobs are scarce and when people are looking forward to stimulus checks, a lot of the people who controlled their wants, even in the times of plenty and the times of good, don't have their tongue out. But you know who can't wait for the stimulus checks? You know who can't wait for certain things? It's the people whose desires were not under control in some cases. God help us that our desires are under control. Don't be seduced. Don't be bought. Don't even desire. Work on your desires so that you don't desire what the ruler has. It's a sure way that you won't be tempted. When you work on your desires, it's a sure way you won't be tempted to compromise who you are. Because if the person is really your enemy, they will make certain that they have, let me put it this way, they'll make certain that they have Delilah there because they know she gets to you. They'll make certain that they have the thing there that you like because they know that gets to you. Work on your desires. Next of all, get this point. Turn some things down especially if they're not suited to you. See, oh God, help me here today. There's this impoverished mentality. There's this ghetto mentality that every time you hear that there's something free, we got to have it. Or somebody says you can have all you want. I taught on this one time in my former church. Children of Israel, they had that impoverished mentality. They ate until it came out their nose. It's that impoverished mentality. Here's here, it's free. I better get it as much as I can get it. Get it so eating it so much their belly is full. Eating it so much to the navel's popping out. Eating it so much until it's coming out of their nose. Now, how silly can you get that is being driven by a desire? You got to learn to turn some things down. You got to learn to say, I'm full. You got to learn sometimes, especially if you know that thing is not good for you, that you can say no. Turn some things down. We have something funny in our family. When I was... Courting my wife, 
I'd be sitting there. My mother-in-law would say, would you like to have so-and-so? I said, yes. She asked me for something else, maybe another time. Would you like to have this? Yes, ma'am. Would you like to have this? Yes, ma'am. So finally, she said, don't you ever say no, I thank you. Don't you ever say no, I thank you. You know, really. There ought to come a time when we turn things down. Turn some things down, especially if they're not suited to you. Why accept a suit that somebody says, I'll give this to you. Would you like to have it? If you can't wear it, don't take it. If it really doesn't fit you well, pass it by. Learn how to turn some things down, but be careful not to offend people unnecessarily. Learn how to turn some things down. See, you're not being controlled by your wants. James chapter 1 and verse 14 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Saints of God tonight, let me tell you, shorten your list of things that you want. I'm, 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 I'm teaching us things tonight to help us to make it in any season because things might get worse than they are right now. We might end up in a depression. If we control our wants, we will do better than other people whose desires are out of control. Don't have a goal to be rich. Here the scripture says, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. You labor, you want to pay your bills, you want to have the things that you need to have in life, but don't let being rich be your goal because you'll be so driven by that certain dollar amount, certain thing that you want to obtain, the goal that you want to attain to, to the point that you will step on anything that you need to step on that your conscience changes, your priorities change, you step on people to get what you want, you will take jobs that will keep you out of church, you will take jobs that will keep you from your family and sacrifice your family. Don't Labor to be rich. I used to work for a man and I will appreciate what he said to this day. He said, we don't have this company so we can get rich and have money. He said, we want to give you all jobs. We want to give you jobs. Don't have a goal to be rich. Don't let that be your motivation because it will have you doing whatever you have to do to accomplish it. The Bible lets us know here that riches have wings. In other words, they come and go. Things come and things go. Cars come, cars go. Things come and things go. And so will relationships that are built on riches. Through the ministry, I used to know a high-ranking person in Ghana. I had their cell phone number. I used to know this person. But you know what? When their position changed, the relationship changed. Because the relationship was based on, if I called that person now, they might not even answer. Because 
All their niceness was based on that position that they were in. Let's go to Matthew. I didn't do a good job putting the book down. Chapter 9. This Bible says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while this day, the night cometh when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, first of all, it must be understood that God did not make this man so he could make him sick and then heal him. That's not the way God works. That would be cruel and it would be selfish of God because God would be playing with a person's life. So God did not make this man, he did, he did not make this man blind. It was not God's fault just so God could heal him and look like a champion, look like a fireman putting out a fire. No, and further, that would confuse who God really was. It would confuse whether God is actually good or evil for God to create that man to be blind so God could come through later on and heal him. That would be cruel of God. God playing both roles, good or evil. It's like, make up your mind. But that's not, that's not the way God did. See, it was, however, an opportunity for the works of God to be made manifest in this man. So Jesus was sent. Notice what Jesus here says. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me, my God, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So here Jesus is. He was sent. Everybody, God intended for you to be here in this season. You were sent. And God has a, had, had a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for Jesus' life. So he was sent. He was sent at a particular time. And he was placed in a particular place, and he was commissioned. So every one of us needs to grasp. We need to grasp that, that so that we are not mesmerized. Kind of goes back to what we just got through talking about. We are not mesmerized and enamored with life itself, that we're not too excited about life. You know, appreciate your life, but know you are here for a purpose. Don't be so excited about life that you do anything to keep living. I keep looking at those children, keep thinking about those children at Columbine. And, and even though they were young, they were in their teen, teenage years. 
They had, as people would say, their life ahead of them. When a gun was in their face and they were given an opportunity to deny Jesus Christ, they would not deny Jesus Christ because they were not so in love with living to the point that they would sacrifice eternity. We must not be so caught up in life itself that we want to live at all costs. The Bible said they love not their lives unto death. So instruction like this helps us to learn how to live in any place, in any season, under any condition, because we're not in love with any particular thing. We're not even in love with life itself. When the enemy knows that you want to live, I, I love something that my late African mentor said. When the devil knows you're not afraid to die, he'll quit threatening to kill you. <laughs> when the devil knows, when your enemy knows you're not afraid to die, they'll quit threatening to kill you. See, if they know that you're afraid to die, oh, no, no, please, 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 oh, oh no, 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 no. They'll do that just to watch you squirm. They'll, they'll do that to watch you beg and make promises. Oh, please, 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 please. Oh, if you, oh, please, please, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. That's exactly what they want. But we are not to be so in love with life itself. My God, the God that gave this life has another one for you. And it's better. It has no more pain. It has no tears. My God. There is no weeping in this other life. So Jesus was sent. He was commissioned. And we all need to grasp that so we are not caught up in life. Jesus was not caught up in life itself. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. I'm not caught up in life. I'm caught up in being who I'm supposed to be. I'm caught up in doing what I am sent here to do. And he says, if there's anything that I must do, I must work the works of him that has sent me. See, a lot of this other stuff is not, that's not my must, M-U-S-T. That's not my must. My must is I must work the works of him that sent me. That's the one thing I, I must do. A lot of this other stuff is not my must. I must not do that. Jesus was not caught up in life. He was not even caught up in living. He knew he was the Lamb of God. So Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Because, and I must do it while it is day. Because the night cometh when no man can work. See, Jesus was here to do works. He did not have an agenda of his own. He came in the volume of the book and it was written of him to do the will of the Father. He knew his time was limited. I want today to tell you, your time is limited. That's why you don't have time to sit and wait for Jesus to come. You don't have time to wait till the end of your life. You've got work, bless God, to do. You must do that. See, a lot of this other stuff that we're caught up in, we, that's not our must. That's not on our must-do list. Let me put it that way. It's not on your must-do list. What was the purpose for your life when God put you here? That's what you must do. I must work the works of him that sent me. I must do it while it's day. 
because the night is coming and nobody can work in the night. His agenda was not his. His time was limited. And I want to give you this. Your greatest joy will come from doing what you were sent to do. You will never be happier doing all the other things. You'll never be happier with your four or five jobs that keep you from your purpose. My God, my God. You will never be happy hooking up with all the people that make you, that stroke your ego. You will never really be happy. All those things come and go. You will never be happy unless you're doing what you were sent here to do, even if it is not glamorous. You will never be happy. As I mentioned, and the saints of our church know, we've been having church outside, as a lot of churches have. We've been in a shopping center parking lot. And last this month, we've been out. And all the places, I'm told that the roughest places in town, we've been feeding people giving them sack lunches. Do you all know I'm so happy I don't know what to do? That's not a glamorous thing. That's not a glamorous place where I am out there. That's not glamorous, but I am so happy I don't know what to do. I am so excited. I won't let them leave me out. I'm being fulfilled. See, you can't let yourself be so busy that you can't do what you were put here to do. My God. You cannot allow yourself to be so preoccupied that you, that you can't do what God called you here to do. You cannot let yourself be working around the clock where you can't do and be who God wants you to be. And we've got to live our life like that. So we're not so obligated that we're not so we're not stretched so thin, so that when another season comes, when the economy changes, we're in bad shape. Oh no! We're gonna by the help of God, brothers and sisters, we're gonna get our desires in line. I don't have to have it. I want everybody to say that right now. I don't have to have it. In fact, I like what I have. I like the peace of mind that I have. My God. I cannot allow another downturn in the economy to affect me. No, no, no. I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to live like a child of God, a child of purpose who has an assignment on my life and nothing makes me happier than to fulfill it. I'm going to stop. It's your greatest joy will come from doing what you were sent to do. Not the things that distract you. See, the things that distract you, they seem attractive. And they are attractive, but they're not going to fulfill you. The things that get you off course, the people that get you off course, the wiggly hips that get you off course, the muscular chest that get you off course, all those things that get you off course, they might be attractive. They might bring you some happiness. It might bring you some self-esteem, might make you feel like a success, might make you feel like a big man, a, a, a woman, it might make you feel happy. I feel whole again. I feel complete again. Oh, they just make me feel so good. Oh, the devil's good at that. Allowing your distraction to talk your talk. 
allowing those opportunities to make you feel so good, so necessary, and will even almost masquerade themselves as the will of God for your life. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world. I got this this morning in prayer. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am here, I am the light of the world. That is my reason for being here. So that the world will not lie in darkness. And then when you're fulfilling that position, it's nothing to brag about. Jesus was not bragging about being the light. But Jesus said, I'm doing it because that's the works of him that sent me. I am being the light to the world. As long as I am here, I am the light of the world. See, it was nothing to boast in. It was a responsibility. You have a responsibility, brothers and sisters, as I close this Bible class tonight. You have a responsibility to this world. Nothing will make you happy like being fulfilling that responsibility. As long as Jesus was here, he had the responsibility to be the light of the world. He owed that to the world. He owed that to him that sent him. What do you owe to the world? You'll never be happy. You'll never really be happy unless you're doing it. See, when you know what it is that God would have you to do, you'll dream about it. it, it the excitement to do it will keep you awake in a sense. I pray that you get rest, but it will keep you awake. You'll be thinking ideas will come to you. And you know what? You'll do it for nothing. If you have to, you would do it for nothing because it is so fulfilling and you do it so well because that's the gift, that's the grace that you have. I'm challenging you and I to bring our desires under control because God means for us to do well in any season, in any climate, in any economy, in any place. So that all the downturns, that when the economy gets real good, if it does, if there's a big boom and you have the opportunity to be a billionaire, you won't be excited about, about that. And then if the opportunity, the life, life changes, the economy changes, the things go boom, you don't lose your mind like some people are losing their mind because that's not the way you live. You... you, 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 you your, your things don't own you. Your dreams don't own you. People don't own you. Opportunities don't own you. Amen. God bless you tonight. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. God, we love you tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the instructions for life in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for me and this people tonight to be set free from our carnal desires that really, God, I must admit that we have made some things that are really carnal sound really spiritual and sound like they glorify God. But really, there's nothing greater than peace because Jesus, that's what you left your disciples.
you left them peace. You left them your peace. Not as the world gives, but you left them your peace. Peace that's not attached to things. Peace that people can't take from us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the opportunity to have perfect peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for blessed quietness and holy quietness. Bless you. Thank you, God, that we can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I thank you that no matter what's going on and what's happening, that you are a keeper and you're able to keep us from falling. We bless you right now. We thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. I pray that you've received something from this Bible study tonight. This is New Bethel Apostolic Assembly, Moss Point, Mississippi Bible Study. Join me tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And I'm teaching on faith over fear, more or less. Uh, and we, we are really dealing on not being afraid. We're moving into a new verse tomorrow morning. All right. God bless you. Have a beautiful night in Jesus' name.